Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? Pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. You know how important it is for people to leave reviews and ratings and comments on iTunes, right? All that. I love it when people on YouTube tell me to do that. Yes. Right. Well, it's it's very important, and we appreciate everybody who does it, and we've had some really good ones of late. Someone called us the best podcast on any platform. Someone said good stuff. Someone said perfect score. And then we got to today. And Someone wrote a bad review? Well, it's not a bad review. It's also not a good review. It's like a middle-of-the-road review, which I would argue is worse than a bad review. This is, is by somebody who calls themselves Fuckboy125. Okay. So, great name. Mm-hmm. The headline is a fan. <laughs> okay. Then it says, enjoy you guys, but that heat is missing lately. That heat is missing lately. And this was left yesterday. Mm-hmm. After so, we've had Rick Ross, <laughs> after we've had Lil Brother. After Big Crit. After everybody has been telling us. That we've been doing all right. All right. Or, or better than all right. All right. They've been telling us we've been doing great. I want to hear this guy out, though. Oh, no, but, that, but that's it. That's all, that's that's all it? that's been left. The heat's been missing lately. Does it say how many stars you left? Three stars. So, so right in the middle. Again, not one and not five. I am a fan, but the heat has been missing lately. Heat's been missing lately. I and don't I, know what to do with that. I, I, I wish there was more to it. No, it's, it's just like, I'll let you know that you're doing shitty. You used to be good. But I won't tell you why. Yeah. This is like a breakup. We had we, <laughs> I need closure. <laughs> we had how do we get fuckboy one two five on the podcast? We had we had Rick Ross on the podcast. Today we have Jeezy on the podcast. We had little brother in the middle. Yo, people love that little brother episode. I don't know what to do. So guys, if we're doing a bad job, if we've truly lost the heat, yeah, but <laughs> leave 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 a comment. <laughs> no, but leave a comment, but leave more context. Yeah, to yeah, it. yeah. Let us know in full. Like, hit us on Twitter. It's a little self-masochistic, right? Where it's just like, I want to know why I'm shitty. Right. Yeah. What are we doing wrong? How do we get the juice back? You know, we've been running with this third favorite podcast thing for a while. I feel like should it be like <laughs> yeah, fuckboy one two fives. We're we're just <laughs> no. It should, it should be like a waste of time with it's the real. We used to be your third favorite. Working on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Under construction. Yeah, guys, listen, I we have a good oh well, I thought it was a good podcast. You know, Jeezy's yeah. here today and um felt like a good booking, but maybe not. Yeah, who knows? Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. Jeezy's just, you know, ten years in the game and legendary albums and verses and collaborations and I mean we talk about all that, but who knows? Yeah, maybe it's like a waste of time with this the real. <sighs> <laughs> You know what? We tried. Yeah, I'll. Pr- I promise. This is me. Mm-hmm. This is Eric speaking. I love when Joe Budden does that too. Mm-hmm. He refers to himself in the third person. Mm-hmm. If it's up to Eric, mm. we'll try to make it better. <laughs> you know, Jeezy's on the podcast today, and this is not the first time we've met Jeezy. No, the first time I met him, I interviewed him for Rolling Stone. This is probably like six years ago. Well, it's whenever he had the line. My house so big, my, my room's, room's got, got rooms. rooms. Yeah, because you asked him about it, and yeah. because Hannibal Burris had made it into a a bit, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Yeah, Jeezy, it's called closets." Yeah, right. And Jeezy was just like, "Get a bigger house," <laughs> <laughs> which is a pretty good response. I think it's a great response. He's actually a, a really really funny guy. Yeah. So I um I interviewed him and I asked him a question about an AK forty seven. 
like just in passing and he was like do you know what an ak is i was like yes i i asked you the question right <laughs> know what it is i listen to rap music yeah i know white. what an ak is no, i know what an ak is and so he said i'm gonna get you an ak for christmas because this was around the fall i guess yeah yeah it's like november so we we actually did see him the we, yeah, day then, before christmas well, we interviewed him for mtv yeah yeah so uh whatever a month or two later and i walk up to him and i'm like hey by the way you know i just interviewed you you said you were gonna give me an ak and he said, I didn't forget. And he pointed to his man on the couch and he said, he's got it. So you got your AK? I did not. Oh, you didn't you didn't travel <laughs> through the airport back to New York? Felt like I with uh, the AK? felt like not the best time to, to do that. But the best time to bring it up again was when he came back here mm -hmm. now in our house with his team. No AK. Well, no, no. He, he did say. It's outside. It's in the car. Yeah, I just have to go out and get it. Yeah, he said it's got. I mean, the nice thing to do would be for him to bring it inside, like a house gift. This <laughs> is a nice, a nice uh, welcome to the neighborhood. Yeah, some people bring over Jello mold. Some people bring over AK forty seven. Listen, man, no judgment. No judgment. Just trying to bring the heat back, right? <laughs> Listen, I got the heat. <laughs> I'm just waiting for Jeezy to bring it in. Jeff, when do you want to get into this? Right now. Yo, what up? It's Eric, aka Terrence Yay, aka TM106 in part. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, aka I got an old bitch, aka she feels in her knees when I'm about to make it rain. It's Young Joseph from the bottom of <laughs> aka Snowman, <laughs> aka Mr. 104. <laughs> yeah, it's your third favorite podcast, Waste Time, but it's the real. Bang, bang, pow. Jeezy, what's happening? What's happening? Yo, thanks for coming through, number one. Come on, man, pull up. I'm Yo. Giffin' the whole night. Yeah. AK, I promise you. <laughs> yeah. It's in the car. Yeah. Cool. It's my personal one. Appreciate that. <laughs> Might want to wipe the fingerprints off. Yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, I got you. Oh, you're re-gifting. Yeah. yeah. The gift that keeps on giving. Yo, congratulations on your new album. For sure. It's all we've been listening to over here. I promise you that. Okay, so that's where y'all got all the gun sounds? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yo, well. <laughs> Makes sense. The, the gunner track is fire. I love yeah. that back-to-back -back with the Ty Dolla Sign track. Yes, sir. Yes, oh, sir. yeah, with Ball Greasy. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit's, like, dope. Yeah, man. It's that Jeezy flow, baby. Bringing it back. Um, How has your press run been? It's been great, man. I mean, just running around New York City. Uh, What's the most tired question that you get, like, all the time? Tired? Yeah. They all good. Yeah, they're not, not all good. That's not true. Anytime, anytime <laughs> somebody want to know something is, 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 is a good thing. You know what I mean? We, so for me, it's just like, as long as it ain't no police shit, I'm cool. Yeah, well, all right. We want to ask all the questions. Send, I don't want to send anybody to jail. About, about right. your whole career, how you made it from A to B. Right. And among things that you never get asked about, Boys in the Hood. Right. A fire fucking idea, fire music. Shouts out to Kim Porter for that. Rest in heaven, baby. How did it come to be? Uh, Kim Porter, which was uh, uh, Puffy's- um, Long time partner, yeah, partner, yeah, yeah. yeah. She knew one of my, uh, she knew a, uh, a guy named Block that actually had the group. And at the time I was uh, working with um, Jazzy Faye and we were all in the same studio and um, it just came about. They actually asked me, had me, had me to do a record. The, the first record I ever did with them was in the group was Them Boys. That was and your first record? First record with them and all. And um, Puff called shortly after. He was like, yo, I want, want you to be a part of this group. And I'm just like, because my, my solo crew was taking off. I had Trapper die in the streets. I was like, I don't know. I just got my, my um, deal with Def Jam. And at the time, Jay-Z had um, just came in for president when Kevin Lyles stepped away. So it was like, we was all in cahoots. So it was like, you know, I just told Puff, like, I tell you what, I'm gonna move my album back a month, right? <laughs> and I'm gonna do the I'm gonna do the boys in the hood group. I'm gonna do the album, but I'm only gonna do one album. So he asked me about what's the number, I wrote him a number on a piece of paper, I slid it to him, 
And he was like, cool. But the funny thing is, he kept calling me to, to sign the paperwork and uh, in the middle of the night, and I was walking into Magic City to go fuck up some money, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> make it rain and all that shit. And um, he was like, yo, I sent the contract, just sign it and go to Kinko's and send it back. I'm like, yo, man, I'm walking in Magic City, I'm not going to fucking Kinko's. And um, we ended up doing it, but it's one of the best things I've ever done because at the time, I wasn't really like a, a, a rapper, like I was a street guy, so to be in the studio with them and actually see how they was putting Rex together and really challenging each other it was it, it, it was an experience because you had to come with it yeah. yeah did you know any of the guys beforehand nah and the craziest shit was when i did the them boys verse at that time i was really learning how to record to do a verse it would take me some time because mm -hmm. i had to break it up and you know um layer it and put my ad libs here and all so it was like when i was doing my verse like trick daddy everybody was in the studio and um after about 30 minutes, everybody walked out and I heard him in the hallway like, yo, who the fuck is this guy? Like, he like he's terrible, you know what I mean? And everybody was kind of like, so what I would do when I get done with my verse, I would go in the hallway and, and have the, the engineer turn everything up so I could hear it all together. And uh, I never forget, all the people was talking shit, Trick Daddy included, you know what I'm saying? That verse came on, it was like, if it's taking too long to lock up, and I just remember people coming out one by one out of the other rooms, standing in the hallway like, yo, that shit is crazy. And they had me play it a hundred times back to back, back to Yo. back. And that was like one of my most classic verses, but it, it came because, um, you know, sitting in the room with other artists, you know yeah. what I'm saying? There was actually like Jody and them was nice, you know what I'm saying? Duke, Gee, you know, it was not, it was real rappers, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it was crazy because it was like, I was a street dude. I'd be, at, I'd come to the studio session in Ferraris and shit. You know what I'm saying? BMWs, and I'm like buying everybody pizza and bringing strippers to <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that's my life. Yeah. But I'm I'm just showing them, you know what I'm well, saying? Well, what's the story? You you flew someone down from Def Jam? No, I flew the whole Def Jam staff down. And you pulled up in your Ferrari? Yeah, but I flew the entire building of Def Jam. I flew them to Atlanta, and I took them out. I took them to the strip club. I took them to Did you fly in first crib. class, or was it like middle Every, seats? Everybody I can get on first class. You know, <laughs> the bosses, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> And uh, everybody else came in, but it was dope though, cause whole Def Jam came. I took them to Magic City, which was where my hub was, where everything was really cracking for me, because it was like that was the center of the city. Then I did a show, had them come to my show, cause they had never seen my work. Yeah, they just heard the music. Did you have any doubts at that point? Like, cause you're you're a thorough person. You knew right. who you were, like in the streets and like amongst people in Atlanta. But the music business, for all intents and purposes, was new to you. Right. Did you feel like maybe I'm not what they want in an artist? I didn't really give a fuck, man. I, me, I was trying to get out of my situation as far as the streets, and I knew what the streets wanted. Cause I was, I, by the way, I would have never took that deal if I wasn't concerned about going to prison. I would have never took a deal. There was no need. Mm. I was hotter than fish grease. All I had to do was just put some shit out. So what did Def Jam do to you in that scenario? Um, well, well they, do they, for it, you. Do yeah, for you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah pause. <laughs> <laughs> um, they enabled me to, um, you know, live a, live, like to go cold turkey on what I was doing before, allegedly. Mm -hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? My other job. So it was like, I got I got a check, which I, it took me a long time to cash, because I, I, it took me like a year and a half to cash my first Def Jam check. But I had it, so I knew it was there. So I bought my mom a crib. I set my sister up. I did all the things I was supposed to do. And then it was just easier on me to move, maneuver around the world, because now it was like, I got a legitimate income. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it just made sense at the time. Now, had, mind you, had had I knew how it was gonna play out now, I would've never took a deal. Never, even though LA was good to you, yeah, but, Jay was but, good to you, Shakir. It, it, was, it was like, 
you know, I would have been, I would have made, I would have been Chance the Rapper before Chance the Rapper. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> it was like I, I had it like that, but it was just like. But there um, was no model for that back then. Yeah. Like but nobody under the was circumstances doing that. It was like, either you gonna go this route and and get some of the heat off of you, or you are you are you gonna go to jail? And at the time, a lot of people around me was like, you know, getting picked up. Yeah. Yeah. So I really didn't have a choice. Yeah. So did anybody like? Give you inspiration in terms of like Master P or Cash Money Absolutely. or like I grew up on Jay P. Prince. Yeah. I grew up on P. Uh, I grew up on Cash Money, Tupac. I mean, I saw their motto. That's how I really attacked the streets. And a, and a lot of people don't know. Like I wasn't really trying to be an artist at first. I was trying to have a label, and it, it just didn't work out that way. So I was right. Stuck your with the bag. your artist. He went to they went to jail. Yeah, I got yeah. three. One of them got locked up for murder. He's still locked up now. And then um. Uh, the other two got arrested for something and then they had some other things going on. So I was just stuck in the studio with like studio equipment with, with, with no artists. And it was like, and really like my money was getting low. You know what I'm saying? Cause I was spending all my money trying to promote them and uh, buying the equipment and everything. It was like my, my bread was getting low and it's just like shit, like I gotta do something. But I love music so it was like a matter of just going in there trying it out. So I, I started like learning little things and I would go in the studio and sit around other people while they were working to just like get the lingo you know what i'm saying because i didn't yeah. know it like bring it back stack that you know i didn't know that shit. but i treated it like the streets is like shit. i know if i know how to double some money you know what i'm saying so it's like i just learned that way which was why a lot of my um my 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 early music was the way it was so choppy because i i, I didn't have a style i just knew how to say like two words stack those two words say two so that's why it took me so long to do a verse it's like i do two words so when did it really click um around for me i really came into my own around the recession like i would make great that long records. yeah because i made great records before then but it was like the recession i was like yo i got this shit. yeah i got it you yeah, were like an saying? artist, like, artist was on that. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It, was, it was nothing i was going to the studio i was Samples. writing yeah you know oh what yeah i'm saying it was just like i, I was i was comfortable you know yeah. what i'm saying like did you have home. like a you had a vision for that album yeah i yeah. know what i wanted to do i i, I put my cars away you know what I'm saying? I put my, um, you know, my jury away, and I, I, I really started doing a lot of research on, you know, because I heard the recession in, in when I was at a, um, in, in a meeting, and I heard a guy that I knew was very wealthy say, you know, I'm really concerned about this recession. And I'm just like, yeah, what the fuck is that? You know what I'm saying? And that's how I started getting put on. And I asked him, I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you know, the, the money is. I was like, but you got money, but that's the point. You want to keep it. Yeah. And he, and I was like, this just for you or everybody? He just started breaking it down. <laughs> And I'm like, are you serious? Like, yeah, like the, the world is about to be short on money. I've never heard nothing like this in my 30 some years. I'm just like, so the first thing I did was re went and educated myself on it and then took it back to the streets. And mm -hmm. I was like, you well, know how what? Did, how did you educate yourself? I read up on it. I really got into politics, um, just understanding how the world was working, reading newspapers, reading articles, reading books, asking people questions, you know, because I learned that, like, you got to ask the questions you don't know. And it's like, it really, it, it really rained on me. It's like a recession is a drought. That's what we call it in the hood. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When it's a drought, but we know it is a drought on some other things. Right? Yeah. But how do you explain to somebody it's a drought on money? And they like, I was like, yo, I got to go tell the hood this first. So that's when I came up with the recession. I, I knew how I, I wanted the album cover, the black and white flag, what it stood for. And I was like, I got to go tell them what the recession means. Cause a so, lot of people didn't even know what that word meant. Did you reach out to Don Cannon to get that track? Um, we did that around maybe like the end of the album because I was wrapping it up and uh, he came through and he played and he was like, yo, I got something for you. Let the dollar circulate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it was the like- The Willie Hutch sample. Crazy. He, he just played me the uh, the sample and I was like, yo, I love it. Then he came back with the bounce. And actually, I think I started 
I was so in the pocket, like and so in I, my confidence was so crazy that I think I actually wrote that song with no drums. He just gave me the sample. Whoa. And I did my thing and then he went back and put drums on it. And so I much of that track it. is drums. Yeah, because I wanted to do it that bad. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So if you listen to it, I'm gonna start off so slow. Yeah, I said so slow to love me out. DC just like go, go. There's yeah. no drums there. The drums come in after yeah. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. He put the drums after the after the fact. What'd you think when you heard it like complete? Loved it. Yeah. Oh, man, that whole album, man, is like sonically, everybody that brought me beats um hit, hit, was on the money. Midnight Black, he brought me like a pack, like a 10 pack. I'll use five. <laughs> Drummer Boy bought me like a 10 pack. I use like six. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody was just bringing me, like everything they brought me, I was just like, yo, this is it. This is it. Like every morning going to the studio was like Christmas. Because mm. every time I got there, everybody would just have, and, and keep in mind, I'm getting these beats on CD. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's how I like to get my beats. So I'm getting them on CD and um, I'm putting them in the CD player and I'm just like hitting one, two, and I'm like, oh, I love this. I love that. I love this. I love that. And it's like before long, I had like all the songs line up. And the last song, um, somebody sent me the My President's Black beat. And it was like I was wrapping up the album and I'm in my condo and me and my man Mailman and then I got some headphones on. I'm walking around with like a little uh, CD Walkman and I'm just walking around and I'm just humming it. My friend, like, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, yo, I gotta go to the studio. He's like, yo, the album is done. I'm like, I gotta <laughs> go to the studio. And I went to the studio and I did My President's Black. And he was just like, yo, this shit is dope, but you know he's not gonna win. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, nah, he gonna win. Yeah. He won. Yeah. Yeah. How do you know when it's time to like wrap up an album? That album. Like, cause al- you're in a zone. Yeah, that album I knew. I, I, I wrapped up that album when I was doing My President's Black. I knew My President's Black was gonna be the last song in the album. And I already had the album sequence. I sequenced that album a day before I turned it in and it took me like 10 minutes. I just knew it. Cause you would live with it for so long. No, it's just, it's just, you know, you get them, them bodies of work in your career were like, like Trapper Die was like that for me. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I, I knew what it was. Like I, I done it, I did, I was just like, yo. And you know, sonically every time you're not going, you, you, the message <laughs> can be the same, but sometimes the sonics can be like different from what everybody want at one time. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It, it could be where, um, say fans is like, your core fans will love it, but then the people who not into your sound won't get it. But the recession was one of those things, like the timing of it was urgent, so everybody got it. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, oh, like this this is different and, and it feels real. Yeah. So it was like, you, you're gonna get those albums, you're gonna get your, that All Eyes on Me or that or that Machiavelli. But then everybody, everybody ain't everybody ain't resonate with me against the world. Mm. But I you know, I, I love Tupac, so I I know the records, but I can't listen to the whole album front to back. It's like certain joints I know. So it's gonna be like that, you know what I'm saying? So it's like sometimes you just get that body of work with everything just line up and it's just like everybody love everything. And do you feel like the recession is that for you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cause I knew I was done. I, when I did it, I started it, I researched it. I did the records, the studio sessions were smooth. I wasn't drinking. Like I cut out everything. I wasn't drinking, I was working out every day. You know what I'm saying? I was reading it, it was like a thing. It was like, and I was just loving it. So now, focused. By the way, I dropped 60 pounds for the recession. 60 pounds on my own, no training, no nothing. Damn. I educated myself on um, health during that process because it was like, I gotta be healthy. So I started eating right, drinking more water. Like it, like before that, you know, I shit, I would drink water like twice a year. So you know the weight saying? dropped. Yeah. It's a recession. It is a recession, right. yeah. yeah. yeah, Or drought. It's a drought, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I was, I, shit, I, was, it, I would go eight, nine months without really drinking water. You know what I'm saying? I was drinking crystal every day. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, well, so were you always tired? Yeah. Because <laughs> I stopped eating meat and everything. You know what I'm saying? Around that time. And mm -hmm. just like, I just saw it. And by the way, what I really noticed was I was in Boston. I had sold out shows on tour. And this was like right after the recession came out. And um, normally in my shows, I'm at the House of Blues. Normally in my shows, I remember the venue is like maybe like all the gangsters in the front. You know what I'm saying? This show, after the recession came out and I dropped all the weight, was totally different. It's all ladies, ladies in the front. Yeah, yeah. And I just remember being on stage and I'm just like, Yo, what the fuck are they doing on stage? Like, are they doing shit at me? Yeah. And I looked up, it was like panties and bras and shit. And I'm just like, yo. I'm you were at back. a Trey Songz concert. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yo, I'm back at the gym tomorrow. Dude. I'm never going back, you feel me? So you never anticipated like growing up being like that guy? When you say that guy, what do you mean? An artist. An artist. Oh no! I mean, I you know I was a star, Damico. Like I, I was always the guy in the hood. But yeah. It, it like for me it was like I could do anything I put my mind to, but I never, I never I knew I could be that guy, but I just didn't know how I was gonna deal with the fame part because I'm such a people's person. I'm so balanced. Like I can I can be somewhere right now and not even think about my accolades I have. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I can walk outside and not know I got a driver, security, staff. You know all these things going on because I'm I'm so present. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying. So for me, it was kind of like, you know, that's the part I had to kind of learn to deal with because it's like I'm I'm so present. You know what I'm saying. If I'm somewhere, I'm, I'm here. I'm not thinking about what's going on outside, around the corner, around the block. What just happened? I'm I'm present. And so with fame, it's like you know, it's 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 hard to be present. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> it's always something. So it's like that's the part that I have I had to work through. With all that fame that like you know came to you rather quickly. How did you sort of like get it back to normal? Like, do you think that you drank a lot more because of being out there and trying, yeah, trying to, to adjust to fame and well, everything? Well, no, nah, I think I think it was more so survivor's remorse. You know what I'm saying? Because you want to take everybody with you, but then you seeing what everybody going through. You're on the road, you're living your life, and you're hearing about your homeboys getting killed and this happened and this person getting locked up and that and you know little mama having a baby and your auntie going through this and it's just like so much and it's just like and then you're dealing with the fact that you know you're leaving the streets. And then people looking at you like you're changing, and it's like you really don't know who to trust, and you you already a gangster heart, so like you already on go anyway. So now you got to walk the thin line of if somebody try me, do I do I motherfucking not you know what I'm saying go yeah, there, yeah. or do I I'm do I be smart? But then you know how that go at that point in your career because if you like you don't handle your business, then you get that reputation for not handling your business. So now it's like you 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 kind of you know it, it's it's like a tight rope to walk because it's like you know you got to be you. But then you gotta be smart. Yeah. And if you get tricked off the street and then you end up in prison, then you just wasted your time. So it's just a lot of that. And just being out and really just like, you know, going through because I was already used to money. I was already used to like hood fame. Like everybody knew who I was from, you know, all the neighborhoods or anything I was affiliated with. But it was just like being around the world, doing it on a different level was just kind of tricky because now you're in other people's hoods mm. and you got to deal with their politics or how they how they get down. You're in other cities, so it's just like you got to, you know, you got to politic with the right people, but then that brings other things around. Now you got to be more mindful of what you got going on, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like a lot of balancing shit, and I just think throughout it all, I never took the time to um, get a chance to really learn myself because I'm coming from the streets into music. So I didn't get a chance to learn my artistry and how I can like you know comp compartmentalize certain things. So I just brought all my old habits with me, mm. drinking out the bottle, champagne all night, 
eating fucking Waffle House at five, six o'clock in the morning, not working out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like just staying up all day and night. So all these things are just wearing down on you. Then you see yourself on TV, you go like, damn, I look crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you look fucking, like, you know. So you've lived a fascinating life. Um, a lot of ups, yeah. but also a lot yeah. of downs. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, and I think you think so too. Like you put out a documentary right. a few years ago. I mean, and yeah, yeah. And, and in that documentary, um, especially your younger years, broken home, um, you were figuring yourself out. Right. And, and you would say that you, you took these, these long walks, solitary, you know, just. Well, well the walks was to, um, okay, this was my plan. Yeah. The walks was to the subway. I used to take walks to subway. The sandwich shop. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But that was my, so I would take, I, for $2, you can get a six inch sub, a drink and some, and, and some chips. That was my meal every day for $2. So I used to walk to the subway and back to eat, but that's all, I only used to spend $2 a day and I saved everything else I hustled for. So that's how I stacked my bread. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, imagine, how long was that walk? Uh, maybe like four or five miles altogether. But that's how I was stacking my bread. So that's the only way I would eat. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I, I knew I allotted myself like two to $5 every day to spend, but I was making like, you know, real hood money, like, you know, you know, five, six, seven, eight hundred dollars. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Day, sometimes you know, fifteen hundred dollars a week or whatever. But I would put everything up and not spend anything. And I was like, Yo, I'm gonna save up this, and I save my money up to like maybe like twenty, thirty grand. I was just like, You know what? I ain't never going back. Mm. But just imagine those between the, that twenty, thirty thousand dollars. How many walks you had to have back and forth the subway? It's a lot thinking, of walks. You thinking of a master plan? Yeah. Well, I mean, time. like, what is going through your head at that time? I gotta get out of the hood. I gotta make a way. I gotta save my money. I gotta be smart. I got it, and really, I was a loner because, you know, nobody thought how I thought. You know, I see that when I go back home now. I was like, I see homeboys I used to grow up with, and they still living the same life, and they be like, "Yo, what up?" I'd be like, "All right," but it's like, you know, I was always thinking outside the box. But what that taught me was um, my first uh, first steps of discipline. You, you see what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. it, it taught me how to how to be disciplined when it came to certain things. So. I don't have an addictive personality, so it's just like, that's how I was able to maneuver around a lot of things, because a lot of my friends ended up on drugs and you know, alcoholics and all type of crazy shit, but it's just like, I might have dabbled in things, but then I got out of it, because I had discipline. Yeah. And the discipline was walking back and forth to Subway. And so you have all that time just to think, think. To, to figure your way out. That's the plan. It's interesting to go from that guy who's just so focused and, and in your head and you know, a loner or by yourself or not with many people to the guy who's in the in the studio right. and does four iterations of Thug Motivation where you're giving outwardly what you've been thinking about this whole time. Right. How do you get from one to the other? Well, I think the gift of the gift of understanding it and then sharing it, because I always been that dude in the hood. Like if people ask me a question, I got something to give them. But then I, I I go do it myself, so I, I'm not gonna just tell you a bunch of bullshit because it sound good. Like I'm I'm actually telling you by experience. So even when I used to hear music back in the day, like P and and, and that's why I love Tupac so much because like he he was a he was a rebel, but he's always a, he's also a revolutionary. Like he had logic and then he, he he stood for something, and that's that's what I liked about him. Like he had rules, you know what I'm saying? He had codes. No matter if they was his or not, he got them from somewhere. And to me, that was like amazing because it's like, yo, this guy stamps on, so he's not gonna just. He's like Hamilton, 
You know what I'm saying? He's mm-hmm. like he's like the Hamilton in the game. Like he stood for what he stood for, and he was willing to die for that. And I just thought that was amazing. So for me, when I used to hear music, I'm like, that don't really sound like what the streets are sound like. So when I actually got into it, I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna give it my truth without sounding like I'm dry snitching, but I'm just gonna tell them the truth. And at first, you know, a lot of people was against what I was doing because it sounded like I was telling too much information. But I was only telling. That's what you heard. Yeah, like because you know people would be like, "Yo, why you telling about hit the brakes, hit the lights, voila?" They go, you know what I mean? Because that was a real thing. You know what I mean? You get the minivan, you hit the brakes, hit the lights. You got a whole stash box. But people are like, "Why you saying that?" And I'm just like, "Well, that's what I had to do. I can't not tell my truth." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me to give people back my truth, and then the the, the adversity part was what clicked to me. It was like the the, the real no brainer because it was almost like. Yo, I'm good at this. I'm good at telling people how how to overcome something. And I think that's where I should stay. That's where the whole thug motivation thing comes, trap or die. It's like you're gonna either you're gonna either trap or you're gonna you know you're gonna take a chance or you're gonna just take what they give you, and that's just like dying. If somebody gotta give you something to survive, you might as well die. You know, because you're not gonna be able to get it again if they don't give it to you. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So for me, it was just like th- that was my truth. Like, let me tell you about this. Thug motivation, let's get it. That was about, let's get to the money. The inspiration, which was 102, was like, you know, we got the money now, how do we inspire people? And when you got from that, it's just like, 103 is just like, okay, we still ambitious. This, this is a hustler's ambition. Like, I'm, I'm still gonna do what I do, I'm gonna be great at it. Then you go from that to the legend of the snowman, is like when you bottle all this stuff up and tell the story of the guy that was before all of this to get to where you at, you know what I'm saying? So for me, it was just like, if there was a movie, this would be like, you know, part one, the, uh, the the sequel and then the trilogy and then here's the documentary. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But to me, it's like if I sat there and listened to all those bodies of work, I think I would know who Jay Jenkins is. Mm-hmm. You know what he's about because his truth has always been in the music. You know For what sure. Saying? What lessons did you learn from your father? Uh, my father was a solid. It's crazy. I just got off the phone with him. My so- my father was a solid dude, man. He was just like a good dude. He's a good person. You know what I'm saying. He was a hard worker. Um, always was about family you know what i'm saying like you know even when he didn't have he still just made sure everybody was straight and uh to this day he's still he, he's like the equalizer he's like when things are off he's a person to come in the family and be like you know if it was my grandmother my uncles or whatever he just has logic let's talk about it let's figure it out mm. so i learned that from like how to, how to be um calm in uh, uh in chaos mm. you know what i'm saying i never really seen him lose his cool a lot mm. until does I that brought, come from him being in the military yeah, I think so. He's disciplined. Yeah, he, he got it. Do you think you and your sister are like of the same mentality, or do you no, think my that my sister's a genius? Yeah, yeah, she's smart. She's smart. She's she's strong, um, witty. You know what I'm saying? She's very uh uh like uh, like family oriented, and I, I'm I'm the exact opposite when it comes. Like I'm I'm a, I'm always on the go. I'm always moving. I'm always like that. You know. But her 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 wits are different. It's like she knows how to keep people together, mm. which I just know how to take care of people. You know, I'm a provider. It's like that's you know. But she's like the type of person that makes sure it's like everybody's straight. Yeah, everybody's good. The, the kids are. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. She's she that type of person. And she did she do that for you? Um, yeah, my sister used to be my. You know, my sister, my rock. Like she, you know, you know, we 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 have our times, but it's like she she's solid. Yeah, like she never did nothing that was like flaky. Mm-hmm. Even like back in the day when she used to hold my money or whatever. Like she's always been solid. And it's like when you grow up, because our brother died, you know what I'm saying? And our older brother. So it's like. How did that happen? Uh, stillborn. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like for us, it was just me and her. But I think on my mom, it was kind of like a burden. Um, 
So like even for me, it's just like, you know, you coming in, you the middle child, but you're supposed to be, I mean, you, you, but you the big brother now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like responsibility, like from go. And it's like, I took it on. As a young man. Yeah, yeah. I took it on, but it was like, imagine growing up in a two bedroom trailer and you just like, yo, I gotta get us all out of here. And that's all you think about every day. Like my, my mother's trailer was, and I bought this trailer for like $2,500. And this is 25 of the hundred dollars that I was walking back for yeah. the subway to sell. I mean, to save, and it's no bigger than this, this studio. And this is the whole trailer, everybody lives here. So that's the bathroom, that's my sister's room, this is my mother's room, and that was it. And this was at the expense of school for you? Like you, you were like not fully there? I, I, was, I tried to go to school. I tried to go to school. I did my, I, I, you know, I did what I could, you know what I'm saying? But it got to a point where it was redundant and it wasn't really making sense what I had going on is like I had a lot of crazy shit going through my head because at the time like I was you know in the streets dealing with shit and and it was wild because it was like um like I was hanging around and I was like like I would be in the in the spot while they're you know chefing up and doing all this shit and it's like I had became so exposed to what was going on it's like I would just had these mental breakdowns in school and I remember I swear to you now I remember one year um, I, I fucking I knew I was re I was having a uh, fucking uh, um, PTSD. No panic attack. Well, not a panic attack, but when when you actually are addicted to something um, because you've been around it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Withdrawal. Yeah, yeah, I was having a withdrawal. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I was I'm a kid. I'm new to it, and I'm just standing. I'm in these fumes, and I was, yo, I swear to you, not I went I I went out of the classroom, and I just remember like sitting around like, oh my fuck, like what the fuck is going on with me? And I called a drug hotline on the phone, <laughs> like a 1-800 number and asked him, what do I do? Cause I'm freaking the fuck out. Yo. Think, you know what I mean? I think I might be addicted to crack or some <laughs> shit. You know what I'm saying? And yo. it was crazy. And I just remember like, calm down. Like, yo, you gotta be strong, bro. And that just really, you know, it just, it, it made me tighten up because it was like, then I knew it was real. Cause it was like the money was there, but then you can fall all the way to the dark side. Cause I see my friends go, Mm -hmm. And that used to be my whole phobia. Like, I just don't ever want to be over there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it was a real thing. It was a real shit. Did people know that you were dealing in, in uh, high school? Yeah, because, I mean, you know, it, it was, it, it was you know, once you come up, and, and, and by the way, this is nothing I'm glorifying. Like, I, I couldn't. No, these are the circumstances. Yeah, I couldn't tell yeah. you how to be a carpenter or build a house because I wasn't carpenter. I wasn't a right. mechanic, so right. I didn't know about. But I was a hustler, and, I, and my family was hustlers, so I was around that. Um, but it wasn't no big deal. Like, you know, you know how people do something so long that it seems right, mm -hmm. like wrong so long that it's right. That's, yeah. that's basically what it was. It was like, okay, you know what it is, just don't get caught. Don't smoke this shit. Don't, you know what I'm saying? Don't, you know, that, and that's it. Right, if you uh, go through withdrawal, call up the drug hotline, yeah, yeah. you know, that, that's what you do. But you know, I, I promise you now, I just remember being like in my third period class, just on the payphone, like, oh my God, I <laughs> Fucking jump off a building or something. Like, somebody's gotta come save you. Like, sir, <laughs> sir, are you okay? <laughs> I don't think so. So later on, you would go and have a way with words, certainly. You know, you've become yeah. like a really. But it's crazy because I used to have this. Um, so a lot of people don't know. So I, my, one of my first girlfriends, um, she was Filipino. And um, her name was Liza. And I was crazy about it. And I was just like, yo, how am I gonna get her? Because she, you know, I was. You know, I, I didn't look the part. So I started writing poems to her. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, I would like, every day after school, I'd write like, like poems, and I'd slide them to her. 
And after a while, she started going for him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? She was smiling. I'm just like, oh. And I would just say certain things. And I was like, I was getting good at it. So I do my little homework and I write this poem, dress it up all nice and give it to her. And next thing you know, she was my girlfriend. Yo. You know what I mean? So I knew then. I was like, yeah. oh, I got way yeah. work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So in my mind, I was like, yo, you know, but as I came into music, I would talk to people. Cause you know, I'm the type of person like I'm, I'm anybody around me, like if I see where you slacking, I'm gonna be like, yo, man, listen. You know, some people take offense to that. I take I love, you know, constructive criticism. Like, yeah. I love it. You know what I mean? Like, tell me how to be better. But, like, I just noticed that about myself because I, I observe a lot. You know, like I said, I'm always present. So I'll be like, yo, man, like, you know, you can do this easy if you just, like, you know, cut it this way. Uh, you know, you, you're overworking. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not telling you what to do, but I'm just telling you, like, you should work smart and not hard. You know what I'm saying? And it's just, like, I learned that early on. So with the music, it was, it was easy for me to... Um, explain to people where I was coming from because you can look at a situation and see the flaws walking into it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, the object is to get money and get out of it and go do something else. Because if you stay here, you're going to jail, you're going to get killed. So it's like, okay, that's the object. I mean, go get money and go do something else. So I went and got the money, then I went and did music. And it's just like, I made this shit work. I didn't lock the door on the rest of these guys coming in because I wanted these guys to come in and eat too. So I didn't go like, yo, I'm the realest trapper. Ain't nobody else. I'm like, yo, this, this is how you get to this money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So if you ever notice, if you see right now with uh, a lot of the uh, the culture, it's so easy for street guys to rap now because it's been done. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so it's like, yeah. I wanted that. You know what I'm saying? I never was against that. But then at the same time, just like, that's why I keep evolving because like I done that. Now let me go do something else and show you how to do that as well. So the whole thing is like, let me lead by example. So don't just go off of what I'm saying, like let my words match my actions. You know so what I'm from a pride like perspective, like cause you take a lot of like joy in 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 your art. Like right. you you put a lot of work into your art. When you see a lot of these kids now who are just like, oh yeah, I don't rap. I've just been doing it for like whatever, two weeks. And right. then they get on, they have a single and it just goes like viral or something right. like that. How do you feel as someone who were like, okay, fine. I'm not a rapper, I'm a trapper, right. but now that I'm rapping, I'm really gonna make it my job to put my all in there. How do you feel about kids who are just like this is throwaway? When this I mean, is, this is this saved your life? I, I think I think to each his own. And, and to be honest with you, I just think you get out what you put in it. Like you know, you can you can you can have a you could be a flash in the pan if you're cool with that. You know what I'm saying? Like or, or you could be great. You know what I'm saying? It's only gonna be a Kendrick, one Kendrick Lamar this generation. Only gonna be one Andre three thousand. These guys it's only gonna be one Tupac. You know what I'm saying? But it was so many people that came out of his generation. You know, you got Chino XL, this one, that, like so many people, but he's the guy because he really put something in the culture. Yeah. So you can get a fast bag. That's that's like being a hustler. By the way, that's no different from being somebody who come to the hood and your your cousin got to work. You you ain't put in no work. Your cousin give it to you and you just go make the money and that, that's it. Like, you know what I'm saying? But you ain't, it's almost like being a general on the front line in, 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 in a war but you're a general because you went to college, not yeah. because you right, <laughs> right, right, you right, right, right. Went in the yeah. war and got your yeah. hands dirty. You didn't, like, yeah, so yeah, the respect yeah. level is going to be different when you're talking to sergeants and, and, and corporals that really went out here and lost limbs and you know and friends and you like do it this way and they're like, nah, you you, you haven't been out here. So you, you're going to be that if you're a flash in the pan or mm -hmm. you're just doing something and not putting your all into it because when that runs out, then who are you? Like, can I really relate to you or do mm -hmm. I just like the words that you put together on a beat that sounds like something else? Than I might have heard. Yeah, you know right. What I'm yeah. Who is somebody that gave you advice? You know, because you were talking about being in the studio. You right. you give constructive criticism to some people. Some people give constructive criticism to you. Who's somebody that gave you advice? Uh, Ice Cube. I went to Ice Cube and I, I I thought I was hot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was like, he called me to come do this song called uh, Lokes Lokes song. 
And I went to the studio and I was just like, yo, and I was extra out, I ain't gonna lie. I was just like, what up, cuz? <laughs> Dub C was like, yo, man, we know you from the block, cuz. Why you cousin me? I'm like, shit, cuz we cousins. You know what I mean? I was just hyped to be around him and I was just like, um, and I just walked up the cube. I was like, you know what? You should let me executive produce your next album. He looked at me like, nigga. <laughs> like, he looked at me like, yo, like, you bugging. And I was like, nah, I, I, I could, you know what I mean? And, um, and then he was like, let me tell you something. You know, and that's why I respect Q, man, because he's always been nice, Q, he do everything Q way. And he was just like, I get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got your run, but you're going to gain fans, you're going to lose fans, but stay you. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Even when it don't look and feel like the way you want it to feel. Because you could do other things, but just stay you. And I and I looked at him, I was like, so you're not going to let me execute this? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but um, that's that resonated with me because he didn't have to he, he didn't have to do that and even when I see him making moves now I so respect it because when you see his son acting and playing him and going on to doing Transformers and doing he doing the big three and if he yeah. does it right it's gonna be just as big as the NBA yeah that's still Ice Cube yeah he never went left or right to, to progress he still Q he still got respect he's still solid Q solid super solid yeah you know what I'm saying family man the whole nine but we saw his career, and even when I watched um, Straight Outta Compton, I had a more of a respect for him for just his position on how he kept the group together and how just what type of person he was when everything was going down. He was still writing Friday. You know, that's crazy to me. Yeah. That just showed me he was innovative. So for him to give me that advice like that early on, you know, I just, I'm, I, I always had respect for him because, you know what I'm saying, he could have took that a whole nother way. Hey guys, just want to interrupt this episode with a message for anyone in Alaska, Arkansas, Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maine, Minnesota, Missouri, Mississippi, Montana, North Dakota, Nebraska, South Dakota, and Vermont. So if you're in New York, New Jersey, or California, fuck off. <laughs> we have brand new shirts at itstherealcom slash shop, and we have not sold any to the aforementioned states, and I can't believe it. This is for anybody in Kentucky who's an It's The Real fan. This is for anyone in Mississippi who listens religiously to this podcast, and I do mean religiously. This is for anyone in Iowa or Indiana or Missouri or Nebraska. Itstherealcom slash shop is where you can buy an It's The Real t-shirt. We have four new shirts there right now. Now is the time to do it. Alaska. No love for It's The Real. Oof. Bring the heat. <laughs> Go support your boys. Buy a t-shirt at itstherealcom slash shop. And now back to the podcast. Do you have trouble finding people, maybe artists, who have the same drive as you or the same vision as you? I can't say that because, like I say, to each his own, man. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't compare myself to people. I don't want people to compare themselves to me. I just want to do what I do my way and be great, you know what I'm saying, for, for what I want. Everybody list the goals and dreams should be different. And it's just like, I didn't, like people gotta understand, like I hear it all the time, like you didn't put such and such on, you put, I never got in the game for that. Like, mm -hmm. let's be clear, I told you I was corporate thugging from day one, so I was trying to do something else. And then two, like I didn't get in the game to be uh, uh, fucking uh, uh, Barry Gordy or, you know what I'm saying, L.A. Reid, that wasn't my focus. I was trying to get out of the streets. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying? So my goal was to stay free, get money, take care of my family, put them in a better situation, and figure out the next move. Did all those things, right. by the way. Yeah, so yeah, it yeah. Wasn't like, it wasn't like- Only I thing was, you didn't do was executive produce Ice Cube, right. so yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't like, 
I came in the game like you know I'm gonna be like you know the Barry Gordy of this. I'm gonna be you know the, the you know you know that that wasn't the focus. And I get people to have that focus, but I just look at the game sometimes when people try to box everybody in because you didn't do that. But my contribution is different because my contribution was to my people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I came to thug motivate. I didn't come to trap. That just a part of who I was. Like I didn't come in the game to. You know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. like the Tony Robbins of this year. Like, Which is, let's be clear. Yeah. It's gotta be wild that your message, look, you're from you know rural Georgia. Right. Your message has gone worldwide. Right. It's gotta be trippy to like, you know, meet someone so out of like, you know, like even your wildest dreams. No, it, the, the Michael Phelps, you know what I'm saying? Oh, like, yeah. when he was, yeah, the Olympics say, and yeah. The, the, the Jay Bellis. You know, these are right. people that, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like fans that come up to you that, you wouldn't even expect. Like you just helped me so. I, I, I've, I was. With and they're of, sincere about yeah, it. I was with yeah. one of my mans uh, last night. We just went and kicked it. You know, he's a, he's in a music exec. And I was like, dog, you looking like you looking like you looking healthy. You look straight. He's like, yeah, I seen you get on that diet plan and stop drinking. And you know, I and I'm just looking at him like, damn. But in my mind, like he did that because he saw me do it. But he looks like a hundred percent better person. His wow. mind straight. He tell me about his clarity. But it's just like. You can motivate people by just your moves, but to me, that's more than the music you're selling. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. that's just the message. You feel what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, it's just like if I can help you change, you know, the way you look at yourself, then that's more than you ever buying or supporting anything that I do. Because mm-hmm. you know, when you think of me, you're gonna think of somebody that you know actually came and um, uplifted you. Like I didn't come to you know to judge you or look at you for who you was. Like okay, I'm doing this. I'm gonna take care of myself. And you look at it and go, damn, like. If he do it, I know I can. And yeah. that's the same thing with the, the rap. All the street guys that are rapping now, they going, look, I know Jeezy. Everywhere, every penitentiary in the world, somebody really knows me. Somebody knocking suckers on their back right now for saying shit they shouldn't say because they know me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So when the street cats see me come in the game and come up like that, it was so easy for them to say music. And if you looked in the last eight years, music is the new streets because all the street guys are rapping. Mm. Think about it. <laughs> all the street guys are doing music because it's the only way that you can make the same type of money, be who you are, take the lingo and make the culture work for you and not go to prison. Mm. That's it. I mean, unless you're Takashi. We're <laughs> not going to claim that. You know what I'm <laughs> We're not going to claim that. Um, <laughs> well, speaking of actors, um, there was there was a um, there was a um, there was a moment where you were almost on Entourage. Like you almost were in yeah, the Saigon role. Shout out to Ken. I, I, man, I could have been on Entourage, but the, te- the tequila was on there, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so shout out to Avion. Uh, yeah. yeah, Ken. Ken Austin put it together. I was supposed to, which was my partner from Avion, and I was supposed to go do the thing, and I, I, I don't know what I had going on, but I was like, nah, I ain't gonna make it. <laughs> Dumbest shit ever. <laughs> you know what I'm I mean, but, you actually do regret that. I not. I mean, I just felt like you know I had other things going on, and then it was like with me, I um. I prioritize like my word, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. if I tell somebody I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna do it. And I think I told somebody else that I was gonna do something for them and I didn't want to change out the date. Mm. And it was an opportunity. It's like, you know what I mean? Like with Dave Chappelle with the, uh, with, what was the Oscars he said he was gonna go to instead of Flint. Yeah, yeah, the Oscars, yeah, he was like yeah, Flint yeah, or the Oscars. Yeah. I went to Flint. Yeah, 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 <laughs> you know yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you and, and DJ Drama cross paths in the first place? Uh, DJ Drama was a DJ that was buzzing around Atlanta. Um, everybody's talking about him because he was doing the mixtapes. I wanted to do a mixtape with him. So my first mixtape was uh, Streets is Watching, which was initially called G's Up. 
truth be told, Drama did not want to do the tape. <laughs> I asked Drama like 10 times to do my tape. He's like, I don't think the music is hot enough. Damn. And so, you know. How did me, you take that? I mean, here we go again. <laughs> so, me being a thinker, I was like, you know what? I got this dude. So, I would go to him. So, I, he's living, he lives in the fourth ward in the middle of a hood that I'm very familiar with, and people are very familiar with me um, in the fourth ward. And um, he, I go visit him. I come to his house. He tells me to take my shoes off. <laughs> I'm like, yo, you in the fucking middle of the hood. Like, you want me to take my shoes off? You know what I mean? So I take my shoes off, come in his house, whatever. So my game plan was just to get him to hear the music. Yeah. So how do you get somebody to hear the music that they want to listen to the music? I was like, yo, I'll give you $500 if you make me a show tape. Keep in mind, I ain't got no shows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> ain't nobody booking me. But I was going over his house and I was paying him like $500. He, he said it was 100 Cause I talked to him like last week. He yeah. said it was a hundred dollars, but it's yeah. five hundred. Okay, let's be clear. Yeah, let's be clear. Yeah, <laughs> and um, I would pay him to do my show tapes, and I would come back to him like I had shows every week. I was yeah. like, "Yeah, we killing them. Can you do this one?" And I would put different songs in there, and he was like, "Yo, this ain't bad." I was like, "Yeah, I know. You should do my tape." Yo, and 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 we kind of got cool there. So after you pay somebody like a couple grand, he started to see you got real money. Yeah, he's like, "Well, let me hear the stuff on the tape." That you're talking about. So then it doesn't I, sound so bad right, anymore. Yeah, right, yeah, right. yeah. So so um. I, I took him G's up, which we had like songs I did with Jazzy Faye, uh, Jody Breeze, all these guys. He was like, yo, it ain't really that bad. And I was like, yeah, could, you know, could you do it for me? He's like, let me live with it. And he's like, you know what? You know, I don't know what happened. Maybe he you know, needed the money for some tennis shoes or he wanted to go spur. <laughs> he called me, he's like, yo, I got your tape done. And we did the tape and I put it in the streets. And that was my whole thing, like, just to let you know where I was at on it. It wasn't about the money to me, it was about being heard. So I would go press up 100,000 and just go pass them out. Where? All over Atlanta, and there's this club called um, Prime. Wait, a hundred thousand at a time? Yeah, there's a club called. Where were you Prime keeping Time. them? Uh, my guy, he was um, he was pressing them in an apartment, so I had my people go up and grab them by like the ten thousands, whatever, every other night. He didn't have room for a bed. Yeah, he, he <laughs> school, but everybody was making money. Yeah, sure. You know what I'm saying so. Sleep on money, right? Yeah. So with, with, what I, I went to this club on the east side called the Prime Time, and I would like it was like the biggest thing on Sunday. So every Sunday I would have my people over there just passing out CDs to everybody that came out. And then putting a CD on everybody's car, and that's how, I, and that's why I got my first show. Yo, you know what I'm saying? So that was like my thing. And then when I realized that, I was riding down, I was passing the um, Civic Center one day, and I was going to do something. It's like this big vote campaign going on, and I seen this voter die shirt, and I'm just looking like, I don't know about voting. I'm damn so trapped. <laughs> and that's how I put the trap or die shit together, cause like this is a campaign I want to go on, and I did the trap or die, and I took him trap or die, and when I, I when I took it to him and he played it, I just remember looking in his face and he just had this look like he couldn't believe. Like when he heard the intro, I just seen his face just looked at me like, yo, you did this shit? Like you made it? I was like, yeah. He was like, yo, this shit is fucking crazy. And I was like, really? Like he was like, yeah, but he was like, he was bugging. Like I never seen drama that spook. Like he was just like, yo, he's like, yo, I got, he, he was like, I got goosebumps. And I'm just like, you know, I'm thinking he capping because he want more money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm like he go, he go, he go double charge me. And, um, Should have called the drug hotline. Right. Like, something's <laughs> going wrong with him. Yeah, yeah. And then um, it was dope because he was like, "No, this this is real." Because I remember playing Trap or Die for my homeboy Westside Blue, and he was like, "Yo, this shit is crazy." And I was just like, "You know, you think people just amping you up?" Sure. Yeah. And I was like, "You know," I said. So he was working on the mixtape. This is going to be a while. You know, I got a lot of stuff going on. Give me about a month. You know what I'm saying? Drama said this. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, "Cool, say no more." So in the meantime, I was like, "You know what would be dope if I got a camera." And I got in my Ferrari and I rode around and I just talked and I did what I did in the day because I was getting shows 
here and there, but people didn't know what I looked like. So they would come and then I would come out and they'd be like, you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> right, not a snowman. Them, yeah, like, how, how do I get them to know who I am? So I was like, yo, I should do a DVD because I got a month. So I rode around, you know, went shopping, hit the strip club, do all the shit I did. And I actually sat in the editing bay, you know what I'm saying, with the guys. And I was like, yo, I want this right here, that right there. Okay, take this out, put this right. And I sat and edited the whole DVD. And then when I dropped the mixtape, I was just giving the DVD out. So I didn't sell Trap or Die. You know what I'm saying? I was just giving it out the same way. So everywhere you went, every beauty shop, every barbershop, every store, I go in the corner store, put a stack of them on the counter. You're like, oh yeah, come back later on. I was like, give me a box of blunts while you're at it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I would do that everywhere. And then like it was just like this movement just created around Atlanta. It was like huge. You know what I'm saying? Because everybody was getting this shit for free. So it was like you was, they were sampling your product. And I would go to my homeboys, um, pull up at their trap houses, and these motherfuckers sitting around look at me on the on the flat screen, on the DVD like I'm God or something. <laughs> I just couldn't get over that shit because they watching Trap or Die, listening to Trap or Die. And I'm just like, yo, this shit is crazy. And I'm still trying to figure the music thing out. I don't, I don't have a record deal yet. I'm still figuring out how I'm gonna monetize it and, and, and go. And when we dropped Trap or Die, I swear to you, I remember sitting in the studio with Jazzy Faye, Trick Daddy, all these people, and they like, you should save that for your album. And I was like, my album's gonna be way better than this. And it was like, there's no way. And I was like, and it was like, you shouldn't put this out. And I was like, I went against what everybody said, cause I felt it and I put it out. And I swear to you, other than having my kids, that's the best decision I ever made in my entire life. Man. Entire, like my entire, I think about it every day. Every time I perform those songs, I'm like, that's the best decision I ever made. Cause hadn't I made that decision right now, my, my, my number would have been 057-294 inmate <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm like, yeah straight up and that changed my whole life shakir takes notice right yeah shakir, uh, yeah, shakir. laj def jam you have that deal now all of a sudden you're collaborating with people well it wasn't just that easy though like because it was like you know shakir saw it because he was in the city so he would see my movement i would be out two three hundred people you know what i'm saying ferraris bentley's everything because it was it was a street movement you know what i'm saying we in the club messing up money you know, buying Cristal, about hundreds of bottles. Like it was, it was a lifestyle, but the music was like the soundtrack. So that's why even when you think about 104, the 104 takes you before that. You know what I'm saying? So people just got onto me when I was trapping, dying, thug motivating. So they didn't know the stuff that was going on before that. So that's why you go back to the legend of and go back before that. But Shakir saw that, and um, when I went and signed with Def Jam, he was LA's right hand man. So he would be telling LA what was going on in real time because they didn't know there's a New York. He's like, yo, man, this kid is down here really. And I never forget it. I was like, yo, I want to shoot Trap or Die and the song I got with Bun B called Get Money Over Here. Yep, we were just yeah, we were talking with Bun yeah, yesterday. Yeah. And I was like, yo, can I, um, you know, you guys going to give me the money to shoot this video? And he's like, no. <laughs> and I was like, all right, cool, say no more. <laughs> so I went to Miami, took like 500 of my people down there. And I went and shot the videos myself. Two videos. Yeah, two videos. Yeah. yeah. And um, At like 4 o'clock in the morning. Right. Yeah. yeah. And Shakir... I just remember like through all the me, I just remember like cause you know Shakira, he's slick, he'll come standing around, you know what I'm saying And I just remember him just looking and reporting in, like, yo, he's going down. He's going down. This shit is crazy. Cause we had all these cars out, everybody came through, Bun came, and you gotta think, like around then, like Bun was like the biggest Yeah, everything. You know what I'm yeah, right? yeah. It was like it was Bun B. Yeah. You know, he's still that now, but yeah, like yeah. he was like Bun B a UGK and it's like they have him on the record. And I remember getting him on the record, I had to call one of my street guys named D. Me and D was cool, but we had like some money problems back in the day. So we kind of had a little beef. 
kind of sort of. And then I had to call him to get, because he was bun. I was like, yo, yeah. don't worry about the money. Bro. Can you get bun? He's like, he's like, yeah, that's the homie. I got you. So he called bun. Bun called me back on the phone. I'm all nervous and shit. I'm like, yeah, yeah, bun. I got this song. I, I you know, I want to get you on. He's like, yo, man, just send it. I'll knock it out. So bun did the song, get money over here. We did the video. And I never forget, I was um, in Patchwork Studio and I was working on Trap or Die. And I was nervous to play bun, Trap or Die. Cause it sounded so different. I was like, I got this song. I think you would be dope on it. And then he was like, just play it. And I was like, and I'm trying to explain to him why I'm playing it. Like the uh, the uh, the thing behind the same yeah. color Tropicana orange juice. Yeah. I'm trying to explain like so he won't think it's corny. <laughs> and he like, yo, this is the hardest shit I ever heard. And I'm like, where? And he went in there. He knocked the verse out. And I never forget when I heard that verse. I was like, yo, this is classic. You know what I'm saying? This is this is classic. And this is like the second verse that Bun B. And I think he did that one for free. Cause I paid him for the first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Bun yeah. got Bun got his chips. <laughs> yeah. He got his bag. But the second one he did for free, and um, that was like the beginning. Cause they had so much respect. So you gotta think you getting Texas and Austin and Houston and all these things by collaborating. So to answer your question, like just like doing these collaborations, like it was those early on collaborations that solidified what I was doing. Like yeah. the Bun, Trick Daddy, yeah, um, Fabulous, Fabulous, and totally. Fabulous was another one. I was at the uh uh video shoot with him and they were shooting the BMF joint and um I, I didn't you know me and I met Fab through meat so he's like Fab's like let me play this record and he played me he, he played me breathe and I just remember sitting there like oh, <laughs> I'm in the studio making trap rap and yeah. he played me breathe and I'm just like one and two two yeah. so I'm just like yo this shit is crazy and he's like yo what you about to do I said I'm about to go to studio get a Just Blaze track yeah, you know? yeah. that's what I'm about to yeah. do yeah. yeah and he was like um he's like I said I'm about to go to the studio he's like I'm gonna pull up so he came through and then we was over there just kicking it. And then he he's like, I got this song. He was like, um, you know, if you if you can, you know, you can put a hook on it, you can get on it. So he played me to do the damn thing beat. And I heard the beat and I was like, I'll do it, but I need to put a verse on it. He's like, Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so um I heard something he said in the in, in um in the verse and I made it the hook. And I remember that night was legendary. I had this blue Moschino shirt on with the with the with the um graffiti paint on it with the pants, the shorts and everything. And I remember being in the studio with my shoes off, laying on the floor, smoking a blunt, writing my verse. And then I went in there and, and they was like all laughing around, kicking it. And I went in there verse by, boot by myself. And I was, my phone is tapped. And so is my living room. We can't hide the money here. We need a bigger room. And I came out everybody was in the studio like, yo, man, this is crazy. And I remember like, you know, this is fabulous. So I'm like, you like the verse? He's like, like it. <laughs> like, yo, I love it. And I was just like, oh, okay. So it was like, that was building my confidence. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, these are people that I respect. I was a street dude. I was thorough, but I'm still fans of music. I mean, you know, he's got songs with J-Lo. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's this, the this one that you choose now. Yeah. Right. It's F-A-B-O-L-O-U-S. I'm like, yo, this is, you know, this is crazy. But it started happening like that. So when it came down to it, when I walked in the Def Jam building, my mind was made. I looked at Jay-Z, I was like, yeah, you're gonna get on Go Crazy. He was like, you think so? I was like, no, you are. <laughs> yeah. I'm serious, you're gonna get on, you're, I'm on Def Jam, right? You, you gotta do this. And he was like, okay, yeah, we'll see. And I remember Jay called me, I was in uh, LA. I think it was like BET Awards. He was like, yo, come to my hotel. So I went to his hotel, um, met him at the Beverly Wilshire. We like sitting on the, on the patio, you know, he's doing his Jay-Z shit, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm just like, and he looked at me and said, so, gonna do the song and all in the back of my mind I was like Ooh, <laughs> I'm from Georgia yeah it's my first album and I got Jay-Z on the album and he killed it, he killed it. <laughs> by the way 
he kills everything that me and him do. I don't know if it's like in a in a yeah. like trap wars going on, <laughs> but or we bring something out of each other. But when I heard that verse, I'm just like, yo. And by the way, that song, that song was a beat that I got. I got that beat from Don Cannon, but it was on a Ti mixtape. So Ti had the beat first, and he just freestyled on it. And I and I was like talking to Ken. I was like, yo, can you get me a beat like that? He's like, yo, tip, just freestyle. You can have it. I was like, yo, I can have this beat. He's like, yeah. So I did the I did the song. I had two verses on it, and when I played it at the listening session for Dev Jam, like everybody was going crazy, and I saw Jay bopping. I'm just like, yo, I gotta get him on that record. So just to think about all the steps that record went through, even when it got mixed to where when they was mixing it, the engineer who was mixing it wanted to take the horns out in the verse, and I was like, no, you're crazy. Got the horns gotta stay in there the whole time, and I had to sit there and have an argument with him. And God bless the dead, Shakir Stewart was like, just do what he, what he wants you to do. You know what I mean? And we kept the horns in it, and that's what made Trap Star, I mean, um, um, uh, uh, Go Crazy, Go crazy. Legend. Yeah. And, 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 and to me, it's like all those steps that went through it, but you gotta think, you got a kid from Georgia that was giving out his mixtapes, that was hustling in the clubs, getting everybody like his music, got paid $200 for his first show, and he got his first album, and Jay-Z's on the album. Crazy. Nuts. When when you went up to Jay and right. you were like you're gonna be on this, right. how in the back of your head how much did you believe yourself? The same as I do today, sitting here. Thousands. <laughs> I, one thing I do pride myself in: if I want something, I'm gonna get it done. I, I don't give to how many. There's a there's a yes out there somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Like you tell me no a trillion times, it's gonna be one yes. Right. Even if you don't get Jay Z, you get like Angelus. No, no, no. You know? <laughs> I, I, I might get somebody who just sounds like him. Get Jay Z, but I'm get Sean Carter. Mm-hmm. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna get one of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know Yo. What, what about Seen It All? How did that come together? I, I did the record and I called him. I was like, Yo, I got this crazy record, and um. And it is cr- shout out to Cardo. That's yeah, fucking crazy. And, and what it was was um, I sent it to him. And I was like, Okay, you gotta just fill in the part on the hook. And when he heard it, he's like, Yo, and he sent it back. And I heard what he said on the hook, and I was just like, yo, this is crazy. And it was like this whole thing because me, him, and Emery, mm-hmm. and Tata, and all them sat in his office. And I swear to you, dog, we talked about the, like, we was gonna shoot this video. We was gonna fly in on all these jets on the runway. And we was gonna go take over Live. That was the plan. We was gonna go to Live and just take it over me, Jay Z, and be like, yo, everybody pull up. It's in Miami. It was gonna turn it out. Then we was gonna ride down, um, Ride down ocean in the cars and the, and the drop, the, the drop Bentleys and all that stuff. And we was gonna shoot the video. It was like done, and we couldn't get the damn sample cleared. Oh. Cause I only got it took cause it, it came out of China or somewhere. So we had to find the people in China. So it was like <laughs> it was like months and months. I'm like, yo, I got Jay Z going to shoot a video. This is crazy. So by the time the sample came in, he was on something else. Yeah, yeah. But we sat there, all me, Jay, Ty, uh, Emery, and came up with a whole like, yo, we are gonna fly in. We had the jets back to back, like eight jets puff. Everybody's gonna be crazy. We're gonna get in these cars. We're gonna go to live. And we're gonna just gonna get on. Like tell everybody just to come. It's gonna be this. I mean, it was like a whole thing. We sat in sat in um, his office for like hours just talking about this video. God damn. And I was so ready, man. But we couldn't find the people in China. Man. Yo, that's the one no that you couldn't get a yes from. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I, got, I got the song clear. No, you did get. Yeah. The, I mean, you got the yes. <laughs> I got the song clear though. Yo, where was your head at when you recorded me? Okay. Uh, I was really just I was really just uh, messing around. Uh, me okay, like it's like me okay for a Jeezy record. It wasn't one of my favorite records. Really? Like, yeah, because it was just it was just like me popping. I love the beat. And the thing about me and Drummer Boy is just like I know what a classic Drummer Boy and Jeezy song is. It's like put on. It's um standing ovation. 
you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's those type of things. So it's like we have records that we got that are kind of like throwaways or whatever, and that just happened to be one, and it's just like it came out some kind of way that people kind of liked it because it sounded like something that might sound like something. Sure. Mm-hmm. And it was cool, but it's just like I didn't even really like, you know, I, I really didn't even think twice about it. Because I think there's some things that you say in there where maybe you were like renegotiating with Def Jam, right? And you yeah. went, you talked they, about they, like... They, they didn't like that either. I'm sure they didn't. Yeah, I'm shocked. But it's it's interesting because... So you didn't anticipate signing with Def Jam in the first place, uh, or 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 any label in the first uh, no, place. No, I, I knew because my first deals, my first sit down was, was with um, Lior. That was the first person I sat down with, Lior. He was at Warner. Uh, I think he was at Atlanta. He's either Warner. Or Atlanta. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I was just like, Lior is like an old mobster. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, yo, I gotta sign this dude. He like, yo, he, like he was like, I'll crush us. He said, I crushed an ant with a sludge hammer for you. I was like, so. Yeah. <laughs> I like this guy. You know what I'm saying? But then I went and sat with um, L.A. And L.A. just got so much, like, savoir faire. It was just like, he cool. Like, L.A., you know, smoking his Cuban, sipping his Louis Thirteen. I'm like, damn, I like this too. You know what I mean? And yeah. And just resonated because it's like, you know, he had Andre 3000, Outkast, so he clearly knew what was going on. But what made me sign to Def Jam with confidence was Shakir Stewart. Mm. That, that's what made me be like, I want to be where Shakir is at because yeah. I'm really going to make sure I'm good. And, uh, and he did. And through your time there, and that's like 10 years or, or more, more, more yeah. um, there's been a, a few different regimes. like right. um, And people that you know we've seen by your side, like Pekos was there. Yes, I saw the um, Pekos, yeah. uh, Steve was there. Yeah, Steve right? Bartles. Yeah. Yeah, um, I love Steve, man. Yeah. Steve, good guy. Um, and then things change, and, they, and they, people come and they go. They did. And this is your last album on Jeff Jam? Correct. Is that correct? Where's your head at now? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I I got the game. I learned the game. So, like, for me, it's just like I, I could, my move can be whatever, you know, I want to do. Because I, I, it's no pressure now. You know, I understand what it is. I know my worth. I understand how the game's set up. So, it's just like I know how to, I know how to navigate through it. It's, it's got to be what's best for me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, because cause a lot of people don't know, like, you know, I own my masters at Def Jam now. Really? Yeah, I got my master's back. When did that Congratulations, happen? Congratulations, yeah. by the way. Um, That's a big deal. Yeah, I got my master's back. So that was a whole process, too. Like, so it would be like a lot of space between the albums, and then your fans don't really understand. Like, you're in the back negotiating. So it's like, I'm not turning into an album until I can. So we had to negotiate that. So that took some time. So, you know, that's I was really on my business tip. So it wasn't really about the music, but I'm like, I'm, like, I'm not doing another album until I get my master's. So that was like a whole thing. So now I have my master's, you know what I'm saying? And now I can. N- n- maneuver how I want to maneuver. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So it's, 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 it's a different game now. Like, did you look at it like like when, you know, you get recruited to a college, but then the coach, like, leaves? And, oh, yeah. And you're just like, well, I'm still here. I learned the second... I want to play for myself. I learned the second week when I w- was signed. The second week, I got signed by Kevin Lyles and L.A. Reed. Two weeks after I got signed, Kevin Lyles called me. I was in the barbershop getting my hair cut. And he said, I just want to let you know I'm leaving Def Jam, going to Atlantic. And I was like, are you serious? <laughs> and I was there and I'm just like, yo, how does this work? Cause I'm cool with LA, but like, I don't, I don't have a report with him like I do with Kevin. And um, I'm sitting there and I'm like, damn man. And I, 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 I'm, I'm opt- optimistic about things and I had a good feeling, but it was like, Kevin's gone. I go to the building, maybe like a month later I'm walking in the building. I see a Maybach pull up. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Door open. Outs, outs Jay-Z. 
As I'm walking in the building, he's like, yo, Jeezy, what up? I'm like, what's up, man? <laughs> me and him sitting outside, chop it up for a minute. He's like, yo, by the way, I'm, I'm the new president up here. If you need anything, holler at me. I'm just like, yo, what he do it? Look at God, baby, look at God, look at God. That's my man. I'm yeah. like, yo, like, let's go up to the office, baby. And me and Ho just, we just locked in, you know what I'm saying? And I met Ho like that on my own. I knew him, but I, like, this is a business relationship now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's the president, so it's just like, and he's my man. Yeah, you know what I mean. And he understands what I'm trying to do, so it, it worked in my favor. So there's a lot of people who, a lot, a lot, a lot of people who are never ever gonna get a J verse. Right. You guys have like gone back and forth. Like, yo, I got more, I got more songs with Jay Z than he does with Biggie Smalls. Ain't that crazy? Very. Counting up. Yeah. I got more songs with Jay Z than he has with Biggie Smalls. By the way, I think you got him on the Blueprint three track. Which one? Uh, 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 Real as Re it gets. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, like, yeah truth yeah. be told. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. right, but but you know, I gave him that record. Did you really? Yeah, you I had gave it. Him that record. It was my record. He called. I called him. I was With like, him on it? No, no. Oh, I did the record. I had it, and then um, because I got the record from Khaled, the beat, and I did it. Did he produce it? Not. I oh. think the runners or somebody. Okay. Did it, yeah, yeah. And I had it. And I'm talking to Jay, he's like, yo, I'm finishing under the blueprint. He's like, yo, man, I need some streets. I said, I got you. <laughs> Say no more. And I sent it to him and he hit me back. He was like, yo, you ain't never lied. And he put a verse on it and he sent it back. And he's like, what you think? I was like, is it? <laughs> and he got me on the tour. So we're doing the blueprint three tour. Yeah, yeah. Yep. The song. Yep. You, Trey Songs. Yeah, yeah. But, Jay. but I but just imagine that. I, I just gave Jay-Z a record for the blueprint three. You know what I'm saying? That I had in my drive. Crazy, right? But he did, but but it was one. I swear, guys, one <laughs> one one line on the song it was like, uh, uh, "Ladies, put your hands in the air if you ever sucked a." You know what I'm saying? He's like, "Yo, you gotta change that line. <laughs> Nobody's gonna do that shit at this show." <laughs> it's like, "Yeah, you smart." <laughs> so we changed that line because he's like, "Yo, the fellas ain't gonna be with this shit." I was like, "Yo, you're right, man. This is, this is all bad." But do you think that you and Jay connect on like another level that like? Yeah, like I'm gonna be real, man. I, you know, people talk this shit about Jay Z, man, but like that's my friend. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Fuck rap, fuck money, fuck music, all that. Like he, he just he, he he a good dude. You know what I'm saying? And and you know, of course he gonna do what he needs to do, just like I'm gonna do what I need to do. But our conversations aren't like music based or what we could do for each other. They always like it's yo, a real friendship. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Like, yo, what's going on? You straight? You know, I be like, I ain't seen you in the money. He's like, yo, how's that possible? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, he he a, he a good dude, but yeah. you know, he like me. Like, what? Well, well, I, I take that back. Like, I'm the type of person that tell somebody, you know, what I'm saying like what I think um, could make things better for them. He's the type of person. He he'll do little things, and if you pick up on it, then that's on you. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. like, he's not going put the information out there for you to pick up. You yeah. Know, you gotta either get it. And I respect that because like when you had that much knowledge, you can't just go around giving it away. That's your value. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's one thing I, I kinda picked up from and, and a lot of the things that he was doing with and for me, like even like the tour, he was like, you know, if you really think about it, you going out with Jay Z, it's me, Jay Z and Trey Songs, and he go, he's like, yo, I don't wanna just go do a concert. I wanna do a show with you. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I think you should come out in the middle of my show. I was like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, you should come from under stage. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna let you use my band, so I don't gotta get banned. I don't gotta pay for, 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 um, for, for, for visuals. Or he let me use all his shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like he got his band playing my music and everything, and then he put me in the middle of his show, which was smart because he like, yo, see, because when we go to these cities, people who gonna come to the show early are gonna think they miss you. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They come out of the ground and it's fucking crazy. You know what <laughs> yeah. I'm saying? I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Yeah, we were just talking about it. We saw you down in Jersey and Yeah, you, at the Borgata. Yeah. Um, you guys had a show down there. And by the way, Stevie Wonder was in the audience. Yeah, yeah. it was crazy. And it was like, 
the way he set the show up, it was like, you know, he let me use all his production stuff and it, it, it was real and people don't do that. And I'll never forget, I was in New York when that was going on and um, some, um, some of my security guys, uh, and I told him, like, you know, you guys don't bring your, your firearms into New York, leave them in Jersey. But somebody thought it was a good idea to bring them with them. And my, all my team got locked up when I was here at the, at the, at the uh, what's the, not Barclays, the- uh, um, At the, the big, Garden? Madison Square Garden. God damn. I got a show at the Garden and my whole staff get locked up. You know what I'm saying? Now I got to go do uh, Philly and all these other cities. So it was like 10 of us on the road. I show up to the show with like one other person that I had to fly in. And Jay like, you okay? I'm like, yeah, I got this. I ain't got no sound guy. I got nothing. Yo. Yo, it's just me. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, damn, I can't let him know. They're like, Jeezy's so low maintenance. Like, yeah. I can't let him know I'm in trouble. And then he was like, after the show, he was like, should we talk? I was like, yeah, we should talk. Oh. <laughs> I was like, yeah. So, you know, he's like, I already know what happened. I was Yo. like, yeah. So, yeah, it was dope. Um. I'm so glad that you mentioned on your record Kanye, right? And how he's talking like you know, yeah, yeah. he's on Ye, yeah, yeah, and <laughs> and that you know, and it's fuck Trump, right? I'm so glad you said that. There's a lot of people out here who are either letting him slide because he makes hot music. And by the way, we're the biggest Kanye fans in right. the world, were. right? Or were right? Yeah. yeah. Uh -oh. No, no, no. no I, that's I mean, true though. Yeah. That's true though. Mm -hmm. Like it was like beyond disappointing, and it's just like. What are you doing rocking the hat? Like, right. what kind of message are you sending? Like, right. how do you, we're all humans here. Like, this right. is beyond just music and beyond like an ego play. And, and it just became this bigger thing. But thank you for saying something and putting it on wax. Well, you're welcome. Yeah. No, that's real. Yeah. Cause yeah. like you've made great music with them too. And it's just like, it's such a bummer to like see somebody that you believe in, who you think is on the right side of things, who has stood up for, you know, the right side of things right. and then say things sort of like without care, without yeah. real thought. Yeah. Um, before you get out of here, um, I want to know what's the best uh, BMF club night or party that you've been to? Oh, man. Has to be the King of the Jungle Party. That's the one where they had all the animals. Oh, yeah. Lions and tigers <laughs> and bears. But more extraordinary than that, I just remember... I don't know if you're familiar with um, Perrier Juliet. Yeah. The champagne. So that's were, all we drink. Yeah. yeah you right. know, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the roses on it. Mm -hmm. um, that's like the top of the tier. I just remember walking out of the club that night. We're going to the after party and just looking around and just seeing all these bottles that were half empty that people just started to drink and sat down like they was Sprites or Coca Cola <laughs> or something because they wasn't used to drinking champagne. Mm. And I just remember looking around the club at all these trash cans that they had lined up around the side of the club that they put the champagne in the ice in the trash can. So people were actually like a cookout. Yo. You go in there and you're getting champagne out of the <laughs> trash cans. And I was just like, yo, this shit is crazy. So basically like the biggest club in Atlanta, he paid for everything for everybody just to come party Man. for his birthday. But you talking like, like five, six hundred cases of champagne. Man. Crazy. Very crazy. Yeah. Um, Jeezy, first of all. 104 out right now, ladies Thank and you for dropping yeah. by. Shouts out to Figures Wireless, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Defiance Fuel, ladies and gentlemen. Um, check me out on my new ventures. We got this Figures Wireless right here. Uh, it's Android. It's our newest edition right here. We got the earbuds, you know what I'm saying? Which um, actually translate languages in real time. Madness. Yeah. So shout out to that. And uh shout out to Avion, um, Tequila, 
and uh, you know, TM 104, baby. Y'all guys are cool, man. Next oh, thank, thank you. you. No, we Next appreciate up, that. I, yeah. I got that AK, man. Yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> you get caught with it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, appreciate you. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this new episode of Waste Time with It's The Real. Jeff, people want to find out more about us. I'm Eric with the curly hair. You're Jeff with the glasses. Together, we are It's The Real, I-T-S-T-H-E-R-E-A-L, no apostrophe, no spaces. If people want to find out more about this podcast, it's called A Waste of Time with It's The Real. There's 270 something episodes people can go back in the archives and check out and rate and review on iTunes and leave a comment that hopefully is somewhat nice. Whatever. Jeff, if people want to find out more about what's going on with us, where they can get the t-shirts, where we're going to be on tour, where we have gotten to in our lives, where can they go? You can always go to itsthereal.com, I-T-S-T-H-E-R-E-A-L.com. Go there for our newsletter. Go there for our merch. Go there for anything you want. It's The Real. It is there. You can also find all of our old episodes, all of our new episodes. If you go to any streaming platform, including the one you're listening to right now. Twitter at It's The Real. Instagram at It's The Real. Facebook, It's The Real on there. All right. So this is the time on the podcast where we like to... Shout out all of you guys out there who want to be shouted out. So, Jeff, who was looking forward to this episode with the snowman, Jeezy himself? Malcolm Flex, Guapo Negro. I just want to shout out Esther's youth but God's son, Kwakunali. I want to shout out Sacamil. I want to shout out Bloody Boral. Misty, Vaughn Lewis, all the way in Texas. Aaliyah Simone, Bitchy Poo. All right. And Lusty McFarland, a.k.a. One Fucked Up Mind, somewhere in West Virginia. Shout out to all you guys for listening. Shout out to all you guys for spreading the word. As always, not for real, for real. Sure, sure. See you guys next week. Grr.